Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is uh, Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. And our catechesis today will actually look at Jesus, um, well, Jesus teaching us how to read the story of the prophet Jonah, uh, namely as a sign of his death and resurrection. I think we might have mentioned that yesterday, um, but today you'll see this uh, done explicitly. All right, and let's see what else. Mm-hmm. Today's Tuesday, so uh, nothing terribly unique uh, on this day, uh, except you're here with us, so that's good. All right, so let's get it up on the screen, and you can join in as you're able. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Psalm for the week is Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. My soul waits for the Lord, excuse me, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, let's do a a meditation on the psalm. This is a a psalm we pray pretty frequently, Psalm 130. Um, I would say probably three or four times a year it's assigned to us, maybe more. Ah, (laughs) to the meditation. This is from Patrick Henry Rudin's Christ in the Psalms. Throughout Christian history, Psalm 129, Hebrew 130, has been one of the the psalms most frequently prayed. (laughs) There we are. Indeed, this psalm, having long been designated for daily recitation in both East and West, there are undoubtedly thousands of Christians, even now, who know it by heart. Named by its Latin opening words, de profundis, Psalm 129 has always been considered an appropriate supplication on behalf of the souls departed. Thus, for many centuries in Western monasticism, it was recited not only at Tuesday Vespers, as part of the weekly course of the Psalter, but at least two more times each day, specifically for the deceased faithful, at the end of the regular monastic chapter meeting in the morning, and again after the day's principal meal. In the Orthodox East, the psalm is not only recited within the course of the weekly cathisma, but it is chanted each evening at Vespers between Psalms 141 and 116 during the Great Sensing. Thus, as the day gathers to a close and the shadows lengthen, Holy Church, having prayed at the appointed intervals throughout the day, now appropriately says to the Lord, My soul has waited on your word. My soul has hoped on the Lord. From the morning watch till the nighttime, from the morning watch, let Israel hope on the Lord. Perhaps this same sense of deepening eventide is further conveyed in the opening line of our psalm. Out of the depths I have I cried to you, O Lord. Listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my prayer. 
Certainly, this line re-echoes the opening line of Psalm 140, which begins the sequence of the Psalms of the Sensing. Lord, I have cried to you, give heed to me, attend to the voice of my prayer when I cry unto you. As, and as the day ends, most of us are, unaware, are, excuse me, are aware of various ways in which, during the course of it, we have failed by the grace, failed of the grace of God, perhaps permitting some root of bitterness to spring up and trouble us, whereby many are defiled. Hebrews 12. We end our day, therefore, by remembering God's mercy. If you, O Lord, should not count our, or should count our sins, O Lord, who could stand, but with you there is appeasement. For your name's sake have I waited for you, O Lord. My soul has waited on your word. And if with such sentiments we end the day, how fitting it is that we should so end our lives, hoping solely in the goodness of God and awaiting the visitation of his mercy. These lines indicate why we also pray this psalm for those who have passed from us. And with and what is this word from God for which we wait at the end of the day? It is, perhaps, today you will be with me in paradise. Surely, the thief hanging on the Lord's right hand was waiting for such a word, knowing that if the Lord should count our sins, who could stand it? Some mysterious movement of grace in his soul, however, prompted him to hope that with the Lord there is appeasement. Beautiful. Rich mercy is one of the loveliest expressions characteristic of the vocabulary of Orthodox worship. In various troparia, antiphons, litanies, etc., we continually speak of God's, quote, rich mercy. The The image of abundant overflowing mercy is preeminently biblical, of course. For example, one thinks of Ephesians 2.4, where St. Paul speaks of God who is rich in mercy. And of Christ, he writes, in him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, Ephesians 1.7. And somewhat later, he says that God will, quote, show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2.7. Each evening, Psalm 129 likewise speaks of this abundant redemptive mercy of God, quote, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is copious redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. This merciful redemption is that of the evening sacrifice, which we daily remember at Vespers, that salvific raising of Christ's hands in prayer on the cross, when he paid the purchase of the world. It was in the evening sacrifice, offered while the world was plunged in a darkness that started at noon, that the Father, quote, delivered us from the power of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1. This is the vesperal mercy and the copious redemption in which, at the end of the day, we place all our hope. Beautiful. So it really has the the whole story of of salvation uh, wrapped up here in a very brief psalm. Maybe not the history, but the teaching. That would be a better word. All right. And then our verse for the week is Luke chapter 9. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9 verse 23. A catechism, a sacrament of holy baptism. Fourth part, what does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. All right, we're going to repeat what we heard yesterday, um, the very end of Jonah's song, right from the Psalms, and uh, do that again today. So if you weren't with us yesterday, you'll get you'll get the the uh, the canticle that Jonah sang from the belly of the fish, if you like. Jonah, there there is a it's got to be a, psalm, a version of the Psalm of Jonah. Yes. Oh, by the way, it's in uh, it's in the extended ending <laughs> to uh, to. Lutheran service book 985 it's not in the pew edition okay 
So we will sing it this year. All right, very good. We'll sing that at the uh, Easter Vigil. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and all the floods surrounded me, and all your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And so the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. All right. As I said, um, Jesus himself takes this story and makes it a uh, prototype of his own death and resurrection. So, Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 38. And some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. So also the queen of of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it will be with uh, this wicked generation. All right. So, um... Doris, a very interesting um, comment there um, about framing of this chapter in the art that I drew, having it uh, framed up. Beautiful. Love to see it. All right. So, um, oh, it's funny. I found a cathedral, not a cathedral, whatever, a a church in uh, Italy where they actually have two panels on the ceiling and the lower panel is of Christ coming out of the grave and the upper panel is of Jonah coming out of the fish. And they put the two right next to each other directly above you on the ceiling. So uh, somebody got that. Some artist understood. And uh, so you have Jonah coming out of the fish and you have Jesus coming out of the tomb. Isn't that beautiful? All right, so let's work through the context here. We have the scribes and the Pharisees coming to talk to Jesus, right? Uh, And what do they want? It says a sign. I think it's right to call it a miraculous sign, right? Um, What do you want to say? Proof or uh, do that thing that you do, Jesus, to quote uh, Rowan Atkinson from his skit on the uh, wedding at Cana. Jesus, do that thing that you do. Um, <laughs> so, but Jesus rebukes them actually, and so, and he does this often when people demand signs. An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. That's what he describes them as: evil and adulterous. Adulterous meaning going after false gods, right? A picture of adultery. Um, evil, rejecting God's word, right? So he gives them the sign, and of course, the sign is from the scri- from that the scribes should know quite well. All right, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, the prophet Jonah, that minor prophet, uh, takes center stage uh, in much of the conversation. All right. Um, what sign? Three. That Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So the Son of Man would be three nights, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. All right. There it is. In other words, he's going to rise from the dead on the third day. 
and then notice in the judgment, that's the resurrection judgment, who's going to be the one to condemn the scribes and Pharisees, the Jews of Jesus' generation? It says the men of Nineveh. Why? Because the men of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah. So how much more should the Jews have repented at the preaching of the one who is greater than Jonah? You see how that works? So Jesus himself is calling himself Jonah. I'm the greater than Jonah. I'm Jonah, but greater, right? The dove. Jesus is the new Jonah, right? Then we have the story of the, the, the queen of the south. Also, I think you probably have heard her described as the queen of Sheba. This is in 1 Kings 10 with uh, Solomon, right? The queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. She came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that she could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway, by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half of it was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity has exceeded the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and bear you wisdom. Right? Blessed is the Lord your God who delighted in you sitting on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do righteousness and justice. And then she gives him all the gifts, of course. Um, and King Solomon gave the Queen of Seba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity. And so she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants, right? So um, here, the Queen of the South came, as Jesus says, from the ends of the earth, right? Far corner of the of the known world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And who is the new Solomon? That is wisdom in human flesh, wisdom in self incarnate, Jesus, right? Of course, uh, this is what Paul says frequently, but uh, one example would be 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where uh, Christ is described as the wisdom and the power of God, the wisdom and power of God, all right? So we have two Gentiles who come um, to the prototypes of Jesus, or the types of Jesus, I should say. Jesus is the prototype, right? So we have uh, both Jonah and we have the the type of Solomon as wisdom, uh, who were received by the Gentiles who came to them, or they came to, I should say, either way. Jonah came to Nineveh, uh, the Queen of Sheba came to Solomon. In both cases, they were received in faith and confessed God, true God, right? And yet here they are rejecting him, who those two only foreshadowed. Huh? All right, so then there's this little story, I think by way of illustration, and um, so you'll see how, it, how there's some continuity here. Uh, we have an unclean spirit going out of a man, or we might even say being cast out, and uh, goes through dry places, dry places, no water, um, seeking rest and finds none. And then uh, the spirit, when he finds no home or rest, seeks, again, the home where he once was, finds it empty, swept, and put in order. So this is Christ coming and putting us into order, that is, bringing us into faith, right, by his word. And yet the evil spirit, of course, cannot abide by this, and so brings seven more spirits more wicked than the first, and attacks their spiritual attack, right? Why? Because because you are now a believer. And we teach this in regards to baptism. Baptism puts a target on your back. Uh, Satan does not care about the unbaptized. Doesn't, for the most part. He cares about those who believe and are baptized. And he always, his goal is to undermine faith in Christ, which brings chaos into, um, back into, into being, right? Brings chaos out of order, rather than order into chaos, as Christ brings. All right. So there you have then 
of Jesus describing this wicked generation as being ones who had been saved, but then who rejected the gift of that salvation um, and did not continue in God's word, did not continue hearing the preaching, right? Evil and adulterous goes after other words, other teaching, and thereby is left open to spiritual attack and ultimately undermined, right? So the wicked generation are those who do not hear and believe. That's what it is. Because by hearing that one remains in the faith. Our Lord has preserved the sign of Jonah in our midst by giving us the sacrament of holy baptism. Only an unbelieving people would reject the preaching of our Lord regarding the sign of his salvation to us in baptism. Like the people in Nineveh, many have been called to faith through the preaching of repentance and forgiveness of sins given to us in holy baptism. As the Queen of the South came to hear the words of Solomon, so also many of the nations of the earth have come and been baptized into Christ, the wisdom and power of God. Those who have been baptized into Christ have been have had the unclean spirit, the unclean evil spirit cast out from them. So our Lord calls us to return to our baptism daily and hear the preaching of the new Solomon so that the unclean spirit may not return to us. In the preached word attached to baptism, the Holy Spirit preserves us for the day of our resurrection to eternal life. All right, I think we sang stanzas six and seven yesterday, so let's sing um, eight to the end today. All right. Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, through your word and spirit, you call us to daily contrition and repentance for our sin, that the old Adam in us should be drowned and die with all sin, his sins and evil desires. Work true repentance in our hearts every day. 
Teach us to confess our sins and to flee to Christ for our life and salvation. By your word of forgiveness, raise up the new man of faith in us, that we might live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray this day for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and depressed, and for those struggling with sin. See, we also pray in Thanksgiving with uh, Charlie, who celebrates his birthday. He said nothing. Uh, He did yesterday. Also, uh, the households of our church, Ruth, Karen, Bev, Michael, Sylvia, and Susan. Uh, We pray in Thanksgiving for our Lutheran schools and for the gift of healing given to Wendell. Pray for our catechumens, Wyatt, James, Aaliyah, Cole, Lydia, Charlie, Haley, and Kimberly. Mason and Kayla are ill. Those requested our prayers, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Christopher, Brad, and Ron, Carol, Mike, Doug, Donna, Sandy, Owen, Vicki, and BJ, Merlin, Jolene, and District President Willie. We pray for our homebound Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Joan, Paul, Dolores, and Pauline. And we pray for our mission of the month, uh, the gathering place of Sheboygan Falls, as well as uh, potential church planting uh, throughout our district. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer uh, for today. Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. It's good to have you with us here and every day. Um, you can listen you can, uh, on uh, as a podcast, which is my preferred method. I can listen a little bit faster than real-time speed. Or you can watch and participate in real-time um, or on replay throughout the day. Uh, and reminder, if you know of those who are homebound and not so techno-savvy, um, to uh, encourage them to listen each day by calling in. Calling in. Uh, the call-in service is available, too. So that's available for them as well, whether on the day or, or later in the day or uh, whatever works. Um, I do send out to the homebound little a little card, desktop card that they can put that has the phone number um, so they can just call in. But um, it'd be worth you encouraging them too. All right. So that's it for today. Um, the sign of the prophet Jonah. All right. It's about given to us for faith. So blessed are those who hear the word of God and believe it. Lord be with you all and we'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.